0: many years to Jamaica, but on his salary as a janitor, they cannot afford to go back to Jamaica to see family, friends, and to have a well-deserved anniversary of 23 years. Something significant happened, though, at the University of Bristol. The students came together and started campaigning for Mr. Gordon. In such a way that they, 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 they started a, a GoFundMe account without him knowing about it. And they started putting money in to this GoFundMe account. What was this account for? They wanted to send Herman Gordon and his wife on a trip back to Jamaica to go and celebrate their 23rd wedding anniversary. Why did they do it? And this is the key. The students reported to the administration because they needed their permission. They said that there's many days that we feel like that polar bear. We don't want to come. We don't want to study. We're thinking of quitting. We're thinking of dropping out. We're thinking of just going to, to do some job, whatever it is to earn money, this is hard for us. We don't necessarily like being in class all day long. But when we do come on campus and we run into Mr. Gordon, everything changes because he radiates, he shines the the glory of God. Now, they didn't say that. I'm saying that. Their words were more like, he he brings so much energy to us with his friendliness. He's he's showing us what it is to be in a job. I want to study, and I want to go and do a job because I see what he does and how he does it, and it inspires me to continue studying. You see, Mr. Gordon understands what it is to be a worker. And so, the day that they got the total that they were looking for, they handed it over to the administration. And on the video, I wish I could have shown that to you, but unfortunately, the sound quality is so bad that you're not going to hear quite what's going on. So, I'll just tell you what happened. He's standing in, busy cleaning that classroom there, and in walks a procession. It's, it's the dean walking in with some of the students, and some of them are recording it on their phones. And he just comes in, and he's, he says, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he, he hands him this envelope, and he opens it up. And all this money with this note, and this man breaks down into tears. And all that you can make out is, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. And the dean in Bristol University turns around and he says, no, God bless you, Mr. Gordon. Have a wonderful vacation. What a story, what an inspiration. And that led me to this quote of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should, sweep stre- he should sweep streets even as a Michelangelo painted. Or Beethoven composed music or Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, Here lived a great sweep, uh, street sweeper who did his job well. And so I want to ask a question. When was the last time you and I caused the host of heaven and earth to pause as they were watching us working in excellence? Because I can tell you for Mr. Gordon, I believe the hosts of heaven and earth paused, watched him, and said, here is a man who's got excellent, excellence in his job. He's excellent. He's got an excellent spirit. He's a worker. Let's rejoice and celebrate him for a moment. When was the last time? When was the last time that heaven stopped for a, a brief moment to celebrate you and me as we work that's not something we really think about is it work for many people is not really that thing that we would associate with heaven pausing to watch but i want to tell you that the bible says in colossians 3 23 whatever you do Work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for human masters. Paul is actually writing and saying, I want you to understand something. When you work, it brings glory to God. And so when you do work, do it with all your heart. And what does that look like? Think about it for a moment. If you go to work on Monday, are you, are you walking into work and say, today I'm going to work with all my heart, and it's going to make such a difference? Or is it just, there we go, it's off to work, I go. Normal routine, let's just get a few things done here and there. Let's work through these emails. and. What does it look like? Because for Mr. Gordon, it's a celebration when he takes that mop and he mops the floors. He does it with such joy and excellence that even students, aspiring to not be a janitor but to be something great, pauses and looks at him and says, I want what you have. Think about the evangelistic tool of working with all your heart and what that does to those around you. That's why Paul says, don't try to impress your human masters because you're not really working for them. You work for the Lord. You work for the audience of one. And when He looks and He sees Himself reflected in you, It brings a smile to his face. So much so that heaven pauses and says, look at that man, look at that woman, look at that young man, look at that young lady. Look how they reflect the glory of God. That is what work is all about. That is what it is, what it means to be a worker. Work is a verb. It reflects what we do. And so I want to pause here for a moment because we have in Crown Career Direct and Personality ID, and it's fantastic tools. I've been using that for about 17 years now. And I can see how it helps people understanding their design. And it is vitally important. I want all of you to have all your friends and family go through Career Direct, including you. It, it's, it's fantastic. But I want us to understand that work is work. It's, it's what we do. It reflects what we do. Because work, worker is a noun, and it reflects who we are. So, even if I'm working... And it might not have been necessarily my end calling. Because think about where you started. That might not have been, in the first number of years of your working careers, might not necessarily have been your perfect design. Even if you did a career direct, sometimes it takes time to get into that perfect design for you. And there's certain steps that you need to take in order to get there. And it's being a worker is more important than the work that you do. I want want us to understand that today. Because it reflects our very nature of who we are. You see, our God is a worker. When you walk outside and you see the glorious display of His creation. It came through work. God said He worked for six days when He created. He said it. And so I want us to really, really understand this concept. When I see the beautiful trees, how they change colors, how seasons come in, and, and the, the, a season comes in and the other one goes. And it's this continuous cycle. It was created by a creator God who worked for six days to create everything that we see, including you and me. And when you see His creation and you see the miracle of a human life and how we are put together, it reflects who He is. And so when you work... It reflects who you are. And that's why Paul said, whatever you do, do it with all your heart as unto the Lord. And therefore, being a worker, having that character inside of you is more important than actually what you do. What you do complements who you are. And so I want us to understand it's a journey. And at every point in that journey, I want to ask, are there moments when heaven pauses to look at you, to watch you, to say to each other, there's a woman, there's a man, there's a young man, there's a young lady who's working with all their heart, as unto the Lord my oldest daughter is studying at the moment and she's got a side job she's a barista at Starbucks it comes with certain benefits for the family but (laughs) but if you you ask her is that what you want to do she will tell you no definitely not that's not what I want to do I, I do it so I can get some extra income while I'm studying. It helps mom and dad as well. Thank, thank you, Lord. But you know what happened? <laughs> is my wife went to, to the shop. Her, her, the Starbucks she works at is actually within a grocery store. And my wife walked in and the manager of the Starbucks came running to my wife. She said, just hold on. And she went to get the store manager. And both of them came and they they thanked my wife for the beautiful child that we lent to them to work. Because she works with all her heart. When my wife... Tearfully told me that, I must be honest with you, I nearly fell on my back. Because I thought, is that the same child that we have at home? Can I have that child at home, please? But the truth is that somewhere along the line, by God's grace, she She learned the crown message. (laughs) And she's applying it. And people are pausing to say, I see you. Thank you. You're an inspiration to all the others. And my daughter ministered to me to have that same attitude Every single day. And my prayer for us is that we will really understand that a worker is a noun. It reflects who we are. And then what we do will be accentuated. It will be multiplied. It will be accelerated. The Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And the reason I have the Scripture here for us today is to let us know that the first human being ever to walk on the face of the earth, the first thing that he got to do other than breathing was to get a job assignment and to reflect the nature of God and become a worker. That was the first thing ever. In fact, he was asked to be a farmer, right? So, I know Johann and Rita will like that one. He had to take care of nature. The first ever job that was given to man was given to Adam. And God said, Adam, you are a worker. It's a noun. Now, I want you to start working. That's the verb. And I want you to reflect who I am on earth. That's what, that's what it means to be a worker. Now, we watched a video last night from Team Hoyt, the father and the son. And that was actually an Ironman. And if any one of you know what Ironman is, it's a triathlon, and it's the toughest triathlon in the world. I think you swim for about, I, I don't know, I don't wanna, anybody can help me, is it one mile? Two and a half miles, thank you. You swim for two and a half miles. When that father put that that young man in that little boat, put the strap on, he went swimming. By the time they finished the swimming, most of the competitive athletes were already on the running leg. They already swam, already cycled, and they they were basically almost finishing the running leg. For many people if they get to that point where they're coming out of the water and they get to the transition to get on the bike and they see the first people are already running through the tape, they're already finishing, it's like, really? I might as well quit right now. <laughs> I haven't even started biking. they already finishing. But that father... Looked at that boy, and he said, we're going to finish. They got on that bike, and he cycled like never before. And the sun started going down. And when they get, got to the transition to put on the shoes to start running, and he was going to push him, most of the people that took part in that Ironman already showered, already had dinner, and was probably already in their hotel bed. The vendors probably already started packing up, but they, he, the dad said, We're gonna run. And when they finished around midnight, there was a crowd waiting for them. There was a crowd waiting for them. That father is a retired, um, I believe he was in the military. He's retired. After he retired, he had bad habits of eating, watching TV, and, and his son, his paralyzed son, could start speaking through a computer, and he said, I want to run. I want to swim. I want to compete. First time he could communicate. And the father said, I'm going to get back to work. God called me to be a worker not to sit on the couch. And that dad, he actually had lots of physical problems. Possibly he was a candidate for a heart attack and a stroke and his doctor was seriously talking to him. That guy must be the fittest guy of his age on earth today because he decided he's gonna get back to work. When he started reflecting who God said we are, a worker. It bonded a father and a son. And it spread a message to the whole world. I showed that clip years ago to a team that that I was a manager of, and most of the young men in, well, three quarters of the young men in that team were Muslim. I showed that video and those young men cried. And I did a prayer in the name of Jesus. And they were all together and they didn't have a problem. That father and son story ministers across the board, across border lines, across faith lines. Heaven stopped and looked and said, There is a man. There is a man that's working for the glory of God. He's got an excellent spirit. Do they say that about you and me? Stewardship is not just what we do. It is who we are. It is who we are. We will forever be the kind of steward we display on earth. The parable of the, of the stewards, of the talents, in Matthew 25, three stewards, three stewards, two of them reflected the nature of God, and they were workers. And they, What does a worker do? What does a steward do? They multiply. It's the fruit on the tree. It's the multiplication. The one that hid it was the one that decided, I'm not going to be a worker. Two decided they're going to they're reflect who God said they are. One said, I'm not going to reflect his glory. I'm not going to be a worker. And we know the results. Two, got promoted. They got a 100% increase from the master. The one that didn't do anything, it was taken away. Interesting, given to the, <laughs> to the, to the one that, that, that was most productive. But that story doesn't stop there. That's the the version in Matthew. The version in Luke says that the owner says, the father says, come into the joy of your master and I'm going to put you in charge of cities. And it reflects what happens once we leave this earth. That work, who we are, a worker, will continue for eternity. We will be a steward for eternity. And what we do on earth will continue in heaven. Maybe not in the same way as it is on earth, but what, what we display, what, we, what you and I display in our nature, in our character, in our excellence at what we do, on earth, will carry on in heaven. And so the question is, what, what is awaiting you and me? What is awaiting us when we finally step over and meet Him face to face? We're going to hear, well done. I hope we all hear those words. Come into the joy of your master. And and what will be the next words? Because that's that's what will reflect. That's what will be reflected for eternity based on how we displayed it on earth. You see, we all have a calling. And, and as I said, Career Direct is one of the greatest tools ever I've come across that helps us to understand our design. So we all have a calling. But it takes time to reach that calling. You didn't fall out of college and just ended up in the thing that you do today, did you? No, it took time, it, it's a journey. And I call it the Joseph journey. So let's just for a moment look at Joseph's life. He started off pretty well. He started off as the favorite. He started, I mean he had a, a, a coat. All colors. <laughs> it was the coat. In his surrounding areas, everybody was talking about his coat. In fact, even his brothers did. They, they, they were so jealous that they basically almost killed him. And then to get rid of him, sold him into slavery. They, look at his journey from being, from being the prominent one going to be a slave. That's not a good projection. That's not an upwards curve on this earth. And from there, because of his appearance, Potiphar bought him and took him as a slave. Pretty soon, his character, him, Joseph, being a worker, reflecting God's glory in and through what he does, landed him the position of, the head of the administration of potiphar's house and and he did everything that his master did basically in his master's absence he ran the whole house and we know what happened some temptation he ran lies were told he ended up in prison From a slave to prison is even more downgrading. Now he's a slave in prison. It's not a good trajectory. So what happened in prison? The same thing. He reflected who he was. He's a worker. He's a steward. He reflects God's glory in what he does. He does everything with excellence. Like Mr. Gordon the prisoners started liking him. We want to be around this guy. Even the prison god started liking him. We want to be around this guy. He's trustworthy. He's excellent. Hey, Joseph, run the prison, man. We know the dream interpretation and finally taking him to Pharaoh. Pharaoh saw this young man. He liked the interpretation. It was the correct thing. He saw something in him and now we're heading in the right direction trajectory wise because Pharaoh said, you know what? You were the most liked in your home. Then you were the most liked in Potiphar's house. Then you were the most liked in prison. I'm going to make you the most liked in Egypt. And he went all the way to be second in charge of the empire that ruled the world. You see, it was a journey. But he got a career direct as a boy. <laughs> God was his consultant. And he told him, the moon and the stars and the planets are all going to bow before you. He got his career direct. But journeying to that place of where that really came true wasn't the easiest journey. And for many of us, and for many of our children, and for many of our grandchildren, it might not be the easiest journey. Think about Joseph. But the promise of if God calls you, He's faithful to establish it in your life and to produce it at the right time. And that's what happened with Joseph. At every point, at every point, he could have been discouraged. He could have had terrible nights of not sleeping, of stress, of anxiety, of depression. We don't know what we do know is that he displayed excellence in every situation. And he was placed into prominence because of his work ethic. And so God calls you and me to be workers. Workers for his glory. My time's running out, so I'm going to tell this story about Indonesia quickly. We've got two brothers from Indonesia. And... Chuck asked me not to use his name in this, but I'm going to use his name because it happened to him. <laughs> and he's in the room, so so that's good. Chuck visited um, our, our partners in Indonesia, and, and he was doing some seminars. And after one of these seminars, one of the young men um, came to him. He was, he was a young guy, probably about 23, 24 years old, came to him and said, Mr. Bentley, thank you so much. It was a wonderful, wonderful uh, message. It was a wonderful seminar. Can you, I I need your help. Chuck said, sure, what what can I do for you? He said, can you please arrange a job for me in America? I want to come to America. Chuck said, "Uh, interesting, why? He says, oh, I hate my job. I absolutely hate my job. He said, why? He said, well, I, I haven't gotten, gotten a promotion in years. Um, my boss doesn't seem to like me. I, uh, I don't make it financially. It's just not, it's just not what I want to do. I believe if I come to America that I'll find the perfect job and I'll live happily ever after. Chuck said, um, I don't know if i want to bring you to america let me ask you a question are you faithful he says what do you mean he says no are you faithful i first need to know who you are are you faithful he says i don't follow he says um at work you say that that things aren't going so great so let, let me ask you um do you play games on your phone when you're supposed to work Um, Do you text your friends and WhatsApp and all kinds of stuff when you're supposed to work? Are you taking stationery from the media area at work, take it home for your family and friends? Do you cheat on your uh, expense reports? Put a little bit extra. Do you take some gas out of the company car and put it into your car to give you a few miles extra on the road? The young man looked at him and he said, how did you know? Who told you? <laughs> Who were you? Were you speaking to my boss? Chuck says, well, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go. I'm not going to bring you to America. I want you to be faithful. He said, how? He says, I want you to go to your boss on Monday. I want you to walk in and sit down and say, Sir, I I, want to repent. I want to ask your forgiveness because I have cheated on my expense report. I have uh, taken gas out of the company car and go through all these things. The young man said, he's going to fire me. He says, well, you don't like your job anyway, do you? So, Chuck never knew what happened to that young man. Well, I cannot say never. For a time, he didn't know. But after a few years, he got an email Dear Mr. Bentley, with fear and trepidation, I walked into my boss's office on that Monday and I did what you tell me to do. I told him, I said, I'm not faithful. I, I want to ask forgiveness. I'm not faithful. I told him everything. And I was waiting for the hammer to come down. And when I squeaked my one eye and I looked at him, he was saying, I know. It's not just you, it's everybody else. That's why our company cannot grow and that's why I cannot give you an increase. But you are the first one ever To come and tell me that you are sorry for doing this. And you're the first one ever who has come into this office and says, You can trust me from now on, I will be faithful. And I'm gonna, I'm not gonna fire you. I'm gonna take this charge. I'm gonna say, Yes, I'm going to trust you, and I'm gonna watch your faithfulness, Mr. Bentley. It's been a few years. I am now the vice president of the, co- of the company. I make more money than I ever thought I would. In fact, please don't get a job for me in the U.S. I'm quite happy where I am. You see, he discovered what it means to be a worker. He discovered that it's about stewardship and faithfulness. I've got, I've got, uh, I think I've got, my time is really up, but I want to finish with this. The Lord will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter where you are on that journey. It doesn't matter where your children are on that journey or where your grandchildren are on that journey. The promise of the Lord is this that he will fulfill his purpose for that life. He will not leave you. He's that father pulling that son swimming, biking, running. He says, "We will finish this race." But he's looking he's looking to you, to me. He's looking at your children, he's looking at your grandchildren and he's saying, "Will you be faithful?" Will you reflect my glory in what you do, even if what you currently do is not what I've called you to do? Will you be the best janitor you can be, Mr. Gordon? Will you reflect my nature? That's what he's asking us to do. And his promise is, he will. It doesn't say, the Lord might fulfill. The Lord possibly could fulfill. It says, the Lord will Fulfill his purpose for your life, for your children's life, for your grandchildren's life. Don't let fear and anxiety for this world and what's happening in it distract you or detract you from being excellent at what you do, for reflecting his nature and for shining his glory, because he will do what he promised to do.
1: All right, so hopefully that gives all of us a little something to uh, think about. If, By the way, if you did not get a chance to get a handout, raise your hand, and uh, Jane will uh, give you something to take a look at, just a, a little bit of an outline that I gave with a few questions. So that we can have a little bit of time for discussion, and we will also have uh, again. This is our, our chance. I know this as I, as I kind of warned you up front. This is the one <laughs> that goes a little bit longer, so we're gonna have a really abbreviated time. But if we go a little bit over on the on the Q and just want us to really especially consider what he talked about faithfulness and the breadth and depth of what that means about faithfulness. Uh, the handouts that I gave you, you know, there's memory verse in there. But if you just remember that, that we are all created in God's image. He's a worker. We are reflecting that as workers ourselves. We, we reflect the image of God when we, we, we're faithful stewards. And you see just some, some great examples. I mean, that last story about the person being asked that really, really important question, are you faithful with what God has given you? And that, that again, isn't just work faithfulness. That's for all everything that we do stewardship-wise. It, it applies to all of that. So a couple of um, quick discussion questions I wanted to at least put out to everybody so we can, again, kind of help each other understand this a little bit better. What, if you think about this, what are some of the obstacles that you think prevent us, and you particularly, from working wholeheartedly unto the Lord? So what are some of the, the the things that get in the way of us really doing our work as unto the Lord? What, what are some of the issues that, that cause that to be difficult for you? Anybody want to? Because I think we all admit that we are not always 100% committed to doing things as unto the Lord and that we don't do everything we, we do uh, wholeheartedly like that. What are some of the things that get in the way of us doing that? Anybody? Go ahead. Oh. Um, honestly, it's just a distraction from being distracted with self-centeredness you know, like I'm not focusing on working for the Lord, but focusing on rather my comfort or, um, yeah, just I, I would just say self-centeredness is one of them. That is a huge insight, Violet. Th- thank you so much. That, that is true because we focus on what's work going to give me, right? Or what's, this, or what's this endeavor going to give me as opposed to how am I glorifying God with that? Completely gets us off track. Any other thoughts or or comments on that? Obviously, God gave Adam the. Oh, oh, here we go. Uh,
2: It's just uh, very important to understand that everything we do is for God. Uh, My wife loves the saying "an audience of one." Yes. And so, when you are out performing a duty, and it might be the lowest duty on the run, remember that all that you do reflects his name and his purpose. And if we do it as unto the Lord, and remember that he's watching, and he's the one that will reward it in its time, uh, I think it'll make it a little easier to do what's right. Audience of one,
1: one of my favorite Big Daddy Weave songs, an audience of one, (laughs) reminds us of that, that we always have, we're, we're always doing everything. To someone who always sees everything. But thanks, yeah. Really important. Um, so, w- in what ways, okay, you, you got a couple of examples of some things, you know, people doing some amazing things, uh, like the guy in the, the, the triathlon and stuff. But obviously, we are all given this, this job uh, of being a steward but how how does that reflect how's being a, a diligent worker reflect the nature of god so this this is now how do we in what we do how does that reflect the nature of god any thoughts or ideas on how that reflects
2: in the the whole message of what was spoken, I'm thinking of two words, commitment and accountability. If we look at ourselves as one who is really committed to the Lord, we can always look back at what God, through Jesus Christ, has done. We always think of what Jesus has done on the cross for our salvation, died on the cross, that we might live eternally we always have to look back at what Jesus has done, and then in that, how do we account as a Christian in committing ourselves to the work that we do? I had been a teacher in the elementary school for 43 years. I know no other profession but to teach. and. It is up to my uh, superiors, my co-teachers, and the students how you present yourselves, yourself as a teacher. I I love teaching. Well, I guess I'm getting getting off your question. (laughs) But I think of two words. If we're committed and we account for ourselves, we accountable, we're accountable for one another, we are accountable before God. And those two words are big. We keep that in the sincerity of our heart, I think it will dispel fear, anxiety, and always look to working before God.
1: Amen. Thank you. Amen. Again, if if we're committed to looking at that and and not just looking at ourselves in the stuff that we do, remember that audience of one that we have that's always going to be there. And, and, and the perfect example that Jesus Christ was of being a faithful steward in everything, even unto death on the cross. That's, that's our model. He, he glorified God in everything that he did. We're supposed to follow Jesus and glorify God in everything that we do. There's a couple other questions. We won't have time to, again. We, I'm sorry that uh, things are a little truncated this week. We'll have, again, more time for um, discussion next time. But there's a, some questions on here I, I just ask you to to consider a little bit more uh, about what it means to be a worker, your role as a worker, and uh, more, the, the last question there, would your boss, coworkers, or those whom you supervise, how would they say about how well you do your job? And I think that's something that we can really meditate on, and if there are issues about that, that you then, I I really want to encourage everybody to take the next steps of writing that down and praying specifically about how you can how you can do better in those areas. How how can you reflect the glory of God more in that? So write down and pray about how you can be better stewards of of that. Uh, Again, for the coming weeks, we're gonna have next week is going to be on our role as a giver, and obviously God is the greatest giver of all. Uh, but so that next time, again, we'll have a little bit more time for the reflection questions and discussion uh, afterwards. Uh, I, if you have any questions too, if you haven't had a chance to get on the website or you want to watch that video again, there's also a um, you can watch the video for free at Crown Online. The, the, I gave you the link uh, last week. But there's even if you want other study notes to be able to write down and fill in while you're watching the uh, the, the video. You can even do some fill-in-the-blank stuff to help you, if that helps you retain that. I'm not handing them out to everyone. I'm just going to have probably a one- or two-page thing every every week that we do for discussion questions and stuff. But go check that out. Check out, watch that again. I mean, it's amazingly inspiring. It's also very convicting about, you know, are we always reflecting God's glory? Or are we sometimes just uh, so focused on, on how this is difficult for us that we're not remembering that God gave us this role and not being a good steward of it. So I hope this gives you some good things to, to think about for the week. Uh, pray about that. There's a memory verse that'll come out on the uh, uh, for next week as well that uh, we'll put on the, uh, the, the bulletin that goes out. So if you want to meditate on that scripture memory verse that, that pertains to uh, next week's uh, topic, we will. Let me close this in prayer and then we'll get ready for worship here. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for, for you being the worker that has done all of these great, amazing, supernatural things <laughs> way beyond obviously anything we can but you created us to reflect that and be co-creators and, and be stewards. Uh, we, can, we can create using the things that you've already made that are there. We can use the gifts and talents and abilities that you've given us for your glory when we get our eyes off ourselves and fix our eyes on you, Lord. So help us to fix our eyes on you and to, to take time this week to look in the mirror at how we're doing as, as workers uh, to reflect your glory in all that we do. So thank, Lord, thank you for, for this. Thank you for our time uh, as we get ready for, for worship, Lord. Help us to wor- worship you with all of our hearts and minds. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen.